Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Salary Capped. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the show. Today, I'm proud to welcome Robert Smith, founder and CEO of Event Dynamic. Robert, thank you so much for joining us here on Salary Capped. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to get a chance to dive into uh, some of these topics with you today, Robert. And you have some big news that we're going to talk about as well a little bit later on in the interview. But first of all, uh, start off just by telling us a little bit about Event Dynamic, what it is that you do and uh, and some of the areas that you specialize in. Absolutely. So, so we have three products today. Uh, we specialize in automated AI dynamic ticket pricing. Uh, which effectively just means we're dynamically pricing tickets for our customers in real time based on information that's happening, wins, losses, weather, you know, a lot of the stuff that, uh, that, that you just immediately think of or what may impact the ticket price. Uh, part of which what we're dealing with right now is what everybody's seeing with the pandemic, right? Like how many people are actually in the marketplace buying tickets and, you know, the big challenge of, you know, maximizing revenue, increasing attendance. So uh, that's our that's our lead product. We also have a product for pricing season ticket plans. And then we have what we call our stadium configurator, which is creating manifest in an automated fashion for limited capacity games. So, kind of break down some of the uh, some of the benefits that you've seen for uh, for the automated AI dynamic ticket pricing. What kind of benefits does that provide to teams? And kind of give us some tangible idea of of what they see when they employ this uh, this solution. Absolutely. So the biggest benefit is right now most most clubs they dynamically price their tickets, what I would call manually. So somebody's literally updating the ticket prices by hand. So if new information arises at 10 o'clock at night, most likely that price isn't getting updated until the next day, or somebody has to literally run to a computer and spend a lot of time updating ticket prices because it's very laborious. Uh, so from my perspective, that's probably the biggest benefit is this is all happening in real time and it's happening in a fashion that's automated that doesn't require all that labor. Um, the reality is though, by updating in real time, and keeping prices always optimally priced, you're selling a lot more tickets. You're selling them at, at prices uh, that whether you're dynamically pricing up or down, you're seeing revenue improvements from. Um, so it's actually really incredible. You know, some of the things that, that we know, um, and that is if tickets are overpriced, consumers are smart, they just don't buy them, right? So, you know, conversion rates are extremely low. And then what I would tell, uh, most teams where we've seen the biggest revenue improvement is actually when we're dynamically pricing down. Uh, there's one of our college football teams that's that's not a great football team, I guess, to put it nicely, but they're one of those teams that people like going to their games, right? So if the tickets are priced correctly, they will sell tickets. Uh, in this case, you know, we were dynamically pricing down. This club sold out for the first time in 10 years last year. And the revenue improvements that they uh, saw against their budget was around 80%. Now, teams that are more popular and we're dynamically pricing up, right? Um, you know, see revenue improvements around 18 to 19%. But those revenue improvements really mean, hey, you're, you're selling tickets at optimal prices. So you're always priced correctly. So if something great happens, you're ticking it up to capture that revenue. But if maybe something bad happens and teams go on losing streaks, you're pricing them down to where people actually buy those tickets. So um, that's the biggest benefit is everything, you know, if it's overpriced, you know, what I mentioned earlier, consumers just don't buy tickets. But what happens if you're really underpriced? Ticket brokers and opportunistic people, they go in and buy those tickets. And what, what a lot of clubs will say, they'll they'll get picked off uh, by people looking to buy those tickets and then resell them on StubHub. So we really protect teams against both of those scenarios. And by doing so, they're always optimally priced and, and they do quite well. 
That's really interesting. Like there's a sweet spot in there where it still generates revenue for the team, but you're not overpricing tickets. So then it's more friendly for consumers. And so that sweet spot really is where you see teams generating more revenue. And also then you're creating an efficiency for a team and efficiency, not inefficiency. You're, you're not, people aren't having to go in there and manually do it, right? And so you're creating uh, more space for people to uh, to do other tasks and to do other work within a team so that it's not a manual operation every time you want to update prices. That, that's right, right? We're, we're creating efficiencies in multiple ways. One is pricing efficiency, right? And then one is, you know, labor efficiencies where somebody doesn't physically have to go do it or technology mm -hmm. running in the background. And, you know, some of the folks that we talk to, you know, they see that technology run in the background and it may make them a little uncomfortable. And usually we kind of see that at the front end when people just start using our technology. And, you know, we have guardrails in place, right? So if you're a club and you say, hey, I want to make sure and have price floors and price ceilings and, and really kind of drive my strategy. Our technology allows for all of that. But the reality is what we see after a very short amount of time, those guardrails go away. So in mm -hmm. other words, once you get comfortable with our technology and knowing your tickets are always optimally priced and you see the benefit from that, you let the technology run. And, and that's really, we get to that spot pretty quickly. But yeah, you're exactly right. Like having that market efficiency, reducing the labor costs and, and having that better pricing as well uh, creates incredible results for our clients. You know, I, I was going to ask about that maybe skepticism that still exists around AI, right? There are, uh, every week it feels like there's a new terrible television show coming out uh, about AI trying to take over the world and kill humans and that sort of thing. Um, and, and, that's that's all very uh, uh, very unrealistic. But I think there is maybe still some skepticism by some in the industry just about um, the viability of AI and what exactly yeah. is this going to do and that sort of thing. How do you speak to those concerns generally? Yeah, and it's funny you say that because that is how people think about AI. They think that we're an office. There's an office full of robots here, <laughs> and that they're getting smarter and they're going to eventually take over the world. And that's just that's just that. I mean, if you walk through our office, it's it's almost kind of funny, but we. <laughs> We do kind of get that sense from some of our clients, especially at the beginning. Really, it's computer models, right, in simplified terms, running in the background and learning automatically based on that information that's coming in. So just think the AI is really just a computer. It's making predictions and saying, all right, well, if this team loses three games in a row, this is where the ticket prices should be. It rolls out those ticket prices based on that prediction, and then it's getting more time, more real-time results and inevitably figuring out that that prediction wasn't absolutely perfect and it never is, right? It might've been a dollar higher, a dollar, it might be very minimal, but it's saying, hey, this ticket should be priced at a hundred dollars and we'll sell 30 of them. And if it sells 36, it says, whoops, my, maybe it should have been $105, right? And that's constantly happening and that model is constantly updating in the background. It is kind of scary, but I will tell you, I say scary, it's probably not the right word. It's scary for about a week. Right. It's, it, you know, customers have that concern for a short amount of time. Then once you see it working, the results are immediately noticeable because they you don't lose time. Right. So if you think like in athletics, if you're an athlete and you're saying, hey, I'll put off training a week or two weeks or three weeks, you would bet against that athlete. Mm -hmm. But in, in ticketing, that seems to happen where it says, hey, we can kind of wait and see if we get it right. and We'll wait a week or two weeks or three weeks. Well, if you do, you've waited too long. Right. So, you know, we are effectively in that analogy, always in the gym, always getting better, always, always being very optimal. And one of the things that we hadn't talked about, it's really exciting about our technology, especially in this COVID environment. And that is our technology originally was built to optimize for revenue. 
What's really applicable today, if I'm a club, is optimizing for attendance, mm. right? So pricing that ticket to where you get a maximal number of people through the turnstile while minimizing your downside to your revenue side, right? So in other words, maximizing for revenue may be a $100 ticket. And again, I'm keeping these in kind of simple terms. Maximizing for attendance might be that $100 ticket pricing it at 80 because the same person that'll buy it that would have bought it for 50 would have paid 80, right? So you can really minimize the hit to the revenue side and get more people through the turnstiles. And, and the reason I say that is our back of the napkin math right now shows that roughly 90% of people aren't participating in, in buying tickets. And most of the capacities that we see are around 20%. So if I owned a team, those 10% of buyers that I'm selling to that are willing to go to a game in the, in the current environment, I've got to sell twice as many. My conversion rate to that, that group of people has to be twice as high to hit my you know 20% capacity. So how do I do that today? Well, it depends on the team. But what we're seeing with a lot is they need to be maximizing for attendance. And I think that creates long-term enterprise values for those clubs as well. So, so when people think about it, they usually think about the revenue side and maximizing for revenue. That's really what we were built to do. But a few months ago, we built out a technology that with the click of a toggle, if I owned a team, I could say, hey, max revenue is really important. So I need to max, but I need to maximize for attendance, being cautious of revenue, knowing I, I'm going to take a hit, but I want to minimize that hit. That's really intriguing and, and really, really interesting. And I, I want to bring up a use case that I'm, I'm, I'm curious about because um, not too long ago, we saw out at AT&T Stadium, Dak Prescott break his ankle, look terrible. Um, can an injury to a star player, you know, to the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys be factored into AI? And, and can that be factored in knowing that the Cowboys are going to have a backup playing for the rest of the season? Is that something that AI can take into account? That, that's absolutely correct. And there's a multitude of ways in which we do it, but we see an immediate impact to demand for Cowboys tickets. Now we don't have the Cowboys, so I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what that impact was. Sure. We would see an immediate impact to the, the demand for the Cowboys when that happened. It happens very quickly and we adjust for that. But the answer is absolutely yes. It could be an injury to a star player, walk off home runs, winning streaks, any number of different factors. The amount of data that we have pumping into our models is really extraordinary. And anything that could impact demand, we're picking up for it. And we have certain guardrails as well, right? So there are certain things that could happen that there's no way for your AI to know. An example of that might be the Cowboys are playing uh, the same night as the World Series, which is also here in Dallas, let's just say for an example. Mm -hmm. No way for our computer robots, I say that jokingly, to know that, right? Because they're not looking to see for multiple events. But what they can see is, hey, something's happening here in Dallas for this specific event that, that appears to be an anomaly. And it's going to go in and adjust for that. One real life example that we saw, I think it was in 2011, the Mavericks had opening night the same night as the Rangers were in the World Series. And as popular as the Mavericks are here locally, that's pretty tough to compete against, right? right. I think that might have been the first or second time they're ever in the World Series. The Rangers have never won a World Series still to this day. Don't remind it's, me. Yeah, exactly. And I was at all those games. So, oh. so yeah, exactly, right? So that was tough to compete against, even though the Mavericks are really popular. I mean, it was crickets in there for opening night. So we pick up on that. And sometimes we see things that we can't predict for. Right, because there's no way to pump in that that information. Now, in the case of injuries, we are looking at that information, so that comes in our sports feed. Uh, but it also would be immediately noticeable by the traction that we we're seeing with the Cowboys. And really, to your point, now what happens if Andy Dalton 
is awesome, right? So Dak's down. The interest in the Cowboys probably waned for a period of time, but Andy Dalton went to TCU. It's true. He was drafted in the early second round. He was almost a first rounder. He could be really awesome. So what happens, right? Like if you're, you know, manually pricing those tickets, you probably saw Dak go down. You're like, oh, heck, man, I need to go lower my prices. Right. But then Andy does something really awesome this weekend. I think maybe they play on Monday night. Those tickets will now be dramatically underpriced. Anybody that was thinking about it would say, hey, I can go make a lot of money because Andy Dalton's the real deal, and I can go buy all those tickets and then sell them on sub and then the Cowboys are out of tickets. If they were using our technology, we would pick up on it immediately and update in real time. And sometimes those prices can really move. And what you just mentioned with the Cowboys, that's probably a really good example where things were you know, kind of high, and then they lost some games. It was kind of low, but they're still a shot. I think they're still in first in their division. That goes down. Maybe our season's over. Andy Dalton comes in like you're talking about a whipsaw effect happening in prices that could get actually pretty exciting if Andy Dalton's a real deal. That's a great point. Yeah, lo- lots of factors to consider. And uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe Andy Dalton's our redheaded savior here in Dallas uh, for this season. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. But uh, one of the other things you mentioned was the stadium configurator. And I wanted to talk about that real quick because that seems especially applicable right now, just given the fact that stadiums are at a lower capacity and they're trying to figure out social distancing and how does this work? How do we let people in but still keep people safe, keep people distanced in the stands? Tell us a little bit more about Stadium Configurator and how it works and what you're offering to teams right now. Yeah, so it's, it's really uh, exciting because like you had mentioned, you know, hey, there's socially distant seating, but that means a whole ton of different things based on whether you're in Dallas or Detroit or San Francisco, right? It could mean pod seating where you're selling blocks of four seats that are socially distanced from every other pod. Um, it could mean, you know, separating every seat by six feet. And, and um, there's so many different rules that could be applied in socially distant seating. And then guess mm-hmm. what happens? They go from 20% to 40%. So you got to start to adhere to all those rules and scale and be able to do it pretty quickly. Well, if you did that manually, it's extremely time consuming and you have a lot of room for human error uh, anytime you do anything manually. So we set up that in our stadium configurator. Hey, what are these rules that you're having to play by? Uh, what what are the distance requirements? And then there becomes things like, well, is it the distance from the center of your body or is it the distance from your shoulder to shoulder, right? So we can start to put in some of those things, which again are different in every municipality. And then we can automatically create new manifest. And then as those rules change, you can put those into the stadium configurator and it'll automatically kick you out a new manifest. Uh, that's been pretty popular and it's something that we did for free for all of our existing clients. Uh, and frankly, I think we had some clients sign up just so they could get access to the stadium configurator because it is a, a complicated problem to solve. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty exciting tool and it's exciting because it's, it's we're in this new world, the rules are changing, uh, and it's a really neat way to automatically create that manifest and make sure that you're really, A, adhering to the guidelines, but maximizing the number of seats that you can actually sell under these constraints. Uh, and then as I say all that, it's the one product that we have that I can't wait to throw away. Um, so there's certainly that too. Definitely, definitely. I, I can't wait until we have packed out stadiums again, you know, full crowds, the whole nine yards. I, I, I'm ready for that to happen. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Keeping my fingers crossed on that one. But we mentioned off the top, uh, Robert, that you had some big news recently and you announced a partnership uh, with SportsX and your first global distribution partner. Tell us a little bit more about that partnership with SportsX and what it means for, uh, for Event Dynamic. 
Yeah, we're really excited uh, about the SportsX partnership. So what we're building out here is a global distribution channel, as you had mentioned. Uh, as it relates to the United States and Canada, we've got a really good team with a lot of contacts and we know those markets pretty well, uh, which can mean a lot of different things, right? Like what ticketing systems people use, popular secondary marketplaces that we could distribute inventory to, uh, all the nuance that, that happens within uh, geography. The reality is we don't have those same relationships in Brazil or uh, Europe or the, uh, the Middle East, China, you name it, Japan. Um, so what we're really looking to do is find best in class partners that have those relationships and really understand those geographies well uh, and all the constraints and opportunities within those marketplaces. So we signed SportsX, uh, they handle Europe and the Middle East. Uh, they are handling those territories exclusively for us for the next 18 months uh, as we kind of feel out the partnership and uh, see what opportunities that exist there. But yeah, we're really excited about SportsX. We think they're, they were uh, distribution partner number one. Uh, we've got a couple more that we think are pretty close. And yeah, we're looking for best in, in, in class partners everywhere where we can go and say, hey, we have this unique technology. There's nothing else like it in the marketplace. It's very unique. You have relationships being the, the partners around the globe. Let's let's bring those two, two things together and we think we can really make a difference. Well, it seems like you guys are on an incredible upward trajectory right now, and especially given this partnership and maybe other partnerships to follow. Where do you see Event Dynamic growing and evolving over the next five years? What do you see coming down the pipeline? Yeah, so I mean, you know, ultimately what we would like to build out is a portfolio of products, right? To where we go from being a, call it an individual or what I would call a point solution, right? Really focused on pricing to where we have an entire enterprise suite of products that really cover everything that a team would use to run their business. So everything from ticket pricing, we do season ticket plan pricing. That's one thing that we rolled out here recently, but maybe it could be everything from, you know, solutions within human resources, uh, mm -hmm. other ticketing type solutions, but just continue to build out that ecosystem of applications that would sit on top of a, a ticketing system or within the ecosystem of a team. Uh, so they kind of have a one-stop shop for that partnership. Uh, and I think that's really where we're going with it. Right now, we're, we're, we're trying to really perfect the ticket pricing piece. That's really what we're doing, uh, whether that's event pricer or our season ticket plan pricer, but downstream, we'd really like to be an enterprise solution, a one-stop shop for these clubs to go to. Well, it's some incredible stuff that you're doing. Uh, if you haven't heard about them, if you haven't checked them out before, Event Dynamic. Uh, Robert, give people the website. Let people know where they can find out more information about you guys. Absolutely. Our website's www.eventdynamic.com. Uh, you can go there. Uh, if you're interested in getting in touch with us, if you're interested in taking a look at our technology, that's really what we spend every day doing right now is working with clubs and saying, hey, here's what our technology does. Here's what we're seeing in the, the marketplace. What are you seeing? We're really taking a consultative approach. Go to our website, check it out. Uh, there's some videos on there that will give you a high level overview. If you're interested in talking to me or talking to somebody on my team, uh, click the, the contact us button and, and send over your contact information. We'll get in touch with you. And, and we'd really like to walk you through, hey, here's what we have. Understand the challenges that you're facing. And then, you know, maybe take a consultative approach to seeing how we can help you out. I love it. Robert Smith, founder and CEO of Event Dynamic. Robert, thank you so much for joining us here on Salary Cap. Thank you as well. I appreciate it.